Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Good morning. Good to be here. I came in all the way from Dallas. <laughs> Dallas, Georgia, come on. <laughs> that flight, I'm telling you. Uh, no, it's good to be here this morning. So, if you all want to turn to Acts 1, we're going to get there here in a moment. But, uh, man, Cassandra, Josh was preaching my message. Come on. That was good. So, yeah, so, I, you know, today I was uh, praying, you know, over the last probably, I don't know, three, four weeks about today and what to share, what to, what to, 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 to get out there, uh, and meditating about a number of different things in, in terms of our outreach that we've been doing over the last few months, uh, our small group coming up on October 16th, 6 p.m. It's going to be good. Shameless plug. Um, yeah. So uh, that's going to be amazing. So, you know, I was just meditating on our outreaches, what's, what God's been doing, uh, you know, what he's, he's been doing through all of us there. Uh, was, was thinking about the small group, you know, some of the things that we're going to talk about in the small group, some of the uh, scriptures that we might use and share. And so I, I was led through a number of different passages by God, and I came to uh, this one in Acts 1. And as I read this one, which we'll read in a moment, I felt like God gave me a question. And so and I'll, I'll write that on the board here in a moment, but it felt like he gave me a question for us today that's it's really going to be the basis, uh, the foundation for what we, we go into today. And so let's, let's read the passage, and, and then I'll, I'll share the question. But it's, so it's Acts 1, hopefully you're there. Gave you a little time. So Acts 1, verse 8. Verse 8. So, so to set this up just a little bit, so, so obviously, you know, so some of us have read this passage or Acts 1 many times for those who haven't. Uh, so the setting is, right, uh, Jesus is, has been resurrected. He's, he's pouring into the disciples still, uh, training them, teaching them about the kingdom. He's ready to leave. He's ready to go uh, to ascend. And he, he exhorts them with this, right? He gives them this, this statement here. So we'll read this in, in Acts uh, 1.8. So he says to them, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Amen. So, so I read that passage. And so I, as I said, I felt like God gave me a question out of that passage. And he gave me this question. I'll write it with my uh, amazing anointed handwriting. What is a... Why did I do that? I don't know why. What is a witness? I felt like that was the question he gave me. Now, you know, God, he's not going to give you a question that he doesn't know the answer to, right? So it's not like, Brian, can you tell me what a witness is? Uh, no, it wasn't like that. So, so I felt a little bit like uh, Ezekiel with, with uh, you know, God asking him, can these dry bones live? I felt a little bit like that, like only you know, God, you know, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I felt a little bit like that, but, uh, yeah, so it was, um, what is a witness, right? And 
And so I did a lot of things going through my mind, but then I felt like God had mercy on me. And he, he brought me to uh, something that a mentor of mine uh, from ministry school shared with me. And he said, he said to me one time, he said, a witness is a proof provider. I'm thinking proof, okay. Think in terms of witnesses, think in terms of a courtroom, right? Proof provider. Proof provider provides what? Provides evidence, right? Evidence. I'm, I'm tracking with God here. So, okay, proof provider uh, provides evidence. So I'm like evidence of, and he says evidence of a transformed life in Jesus. All right? So a life that's transformed by the grace of God, by the grace of Jesus, by the salvation which he obtained for every single one of us, right? Evidence of that, evidence of that transformed life. So I'm like, okay, we got evidence, right? So, so I'm, I'm tracking now, so now I'm going to help God out, right? So he's, he's done this part so far. I'm going to help him out. So I'm excited. I'm like, evidence, we got evidence. What's the evidence, right? So I'm like, okay, God, uh, prophetic, right? That's the evidence, right? And he says, no. And I'm like, okay, all right. So, so God, so the evidence is it's, it's healing. It's got to be healing, right? So that's the evidence of a transformed life in Jesus is healing, right? And he said, no, you know, a little bit stronger. Maybe not quite that, that emphatic a no, but he said no again. And uh, so at that point, I felt like maybe I shouldn't offer any more suggestions to God. Maybe I should listen to him. <laughs> you know, maybe he knows a little better than me. So, uh, so I'm like, okay, God, you know, did the Ezekiel thing. And surely you know God. Surely you, uh, you have the answer to this one. And uh, I felt like what he said to me was, he said, it's all of it. It's all of it. It's, it's the gifts of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's peace that surpasses understanding. It's uh, peace in the midst of a storm, right? It's forgiveness for people, love for people who maybe seemingly don't deserve it. It's all of these things, right? It's everything. This is the evidence. This is the evidence he's saying to me. Don't limit, I felt like he said to me, don't limit the possibilities of grace. Be open to the possibilities of grace, how I can move through your life. The evidence that I can provide through your life, through a transformed life in Christ, what kind of evidence it can provide to, to people around you. Don't close yourself off. And so, okay, I was like, man, that's, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. All right, so, so I'm like, okay, so examples, God. I, you know, I like examples. I like concrete stories, examples of this. So I'm just thinking of, okay, what, what can we... Uh, what can we go to for this, right? What, what can we use as example? I got a lot of things going in my mind, a lot of things turning. Felt a little bit like, you know, one of those wheels that kind of clicks around, you know, wheel of fortune or not wheel of fortune, price is right, right? You know, and finally click, 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 click. I, find, I felt a little bit like that because there was a lot of things going on in my mind and I felt like it clicked on this one, uh, this one. Whoa, there we go. Lost myself there for a moment. I'm back. Um, yeah, so I felt like I got to this one example, this, this one example I heard a little while ago, and uh, it's set in Egypt, all right? True story, and this is not made up, this is true. And so it's in Egypt, 
And it's a, it's a former Muslim, so it's a Muslim background believer, right? He was former Muslim, saved maybe, maybe a month or two, all right? Newly saved, newly transformed, all right? He's in Egypt. He's in Egypt uh, surrounded by Muslims, right? He's, he's one of the only Christians around. I don't even know if he was connected to a church at this point, maybe. And so he's in this factory, right? He's working in this factory, uh, it's a type of factory, I think manufacturing or something, where basically you have lockers. You know, you come in in the morning, you, you change out of your, your regular clothes, you put your clothes in the locker, put on like a, an overall or something and go to work and then come back at the end of your shift, right? So, so that's what he does. And so he's working in this factory, newly saved, newly Christian. And, and so he comes out of his shift uh, during uh, one of his shifts, going into his locker, going to change, going to go home. And he's missing money. He's missing things. Somebody stole money and, and think personal belongings of his out of his locker. Okay. He's angry. All right. He's like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to beat this guy up and then I'm going to turn him into the boss. Or, you know, I don't know, maybe I'll reverse that. Maybe I'll turn him into the boss and then I'll beat him up. But I'm like, he's steaming. Okay. He's upset. He's ready to go to war on this thing, all right? This guy wronged him. And so he's, he's in that mode. He's in that perspective. He's, he's walking towards, uh, I think, the boss's office, and it's almost like mid-step, right? Like freezing time. And Holy Spirit just comes upon him. And Holy Spirit says, wait, don't do that. Don't go to your boss. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to write a note and put it in your locker, and the note's going to say, dear brother, I am not going to turn you into my boss. I know you're struggling. I know you're hurting. I want to help you. I want to give you money, support, what you need through this time that you're going through, because I know you're hurting. I know you're troubled. He writes that note. That's the note that, that Holy Spirit tells him to write. He writes that note. He puts it in his locker. And the next, I think it was the next day or two. It wasn't very long. Here comes a guy, either in the morning or end of the shift, with the note, in tears. This is a Muslim, okay? This is the, the guy who has the notes, Muslim. It's not Christian. Comes to him and says, why would you do this for me? Why would you do this? And of course, then he's able to share. Well, I'm a new follower of Jesus. He told me to help you, to bless you. And, and, and just talks to him about Jesus, talks about how his life's been changed and transformed by Jesus. This guy gets saved. In Egypt, in the midst of all the craziness there, he gets saved. In that environment, uh, just, you know, there's a number of things that can provide signs to them. But I think one of the things from, from everything that I've read from his story, from other people, other missionaries I know serve in, in the Middle East and in that area, one of the biggest things, evidences, again, we'll go back to evidence, that speaks of a transformed life, that speaks of the reality of Jesus is forgiveness, is forgiving your enemies, is blessing your enemies, those who persecute you. It speaks louder than almost anything else, it, louder than, than healing sometimes and miracles and, and all those things, right? Holy Spirit guided him 
All right, so that's, that's, uh, that's the what, right? So what is a witness? Providing evidence, providing evidence like this, all right? All right, that's one. That's point one. So point two, which we talked about kind of in that story, is the how. How does this witnessing, how does this being a witness, how does this providing evidence come about? And Peter, thankfully, thank you, Peter, was nice enough to preach out of Colossians and help us out with this. How does this possible, right? Well, we mentioned them just a moment ago in the story. It's, right, Holy Spirit. But what does Colossians tell us, right, is, I'm having trouble spelling here, Spirit. Christ in us, the hope of glory, right? That's it, right? Come on. Christ in us, the hope of glory, right? The hope, hope of what? Hope of manifesting evidence. Hope of manifesting God's love, God's goodness, who he is to the world around us. It's the ability to not only demonstrate, but also declare the love of God. That's what Christ in us provides, right? Ability, ability to demonstrate, ability to declare, ability to forgive those who wrong us, forgive those who persecute us and do us harm, do us wrong, all right? Christ in us. And so as I was meditating on this portion of our, of our talk here today, this sermon, I felt like God gave me something in Acts 4. So if you all want to turn to Acts 4, we're going we're gonna to keep going in Acts. But Acts 4, he led me to this passage. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, before we read this and get to the, the exact passage, I'm going to set the, set the tone here, set the stage here a little bit. So, so basically, so we, we got Acts 3, right? So, we, so they're coming off of Pentecost, Peter's preaching, thousands are saved, thousands are added to the church, things are rolling, right? And Acts, Acts 2, Acts 3, we move into that, and Peter and John are, are going to temple, okay? Fresh off of Pentecost, fresh off of what God's doing there, thousands added. And so they're going to, to temple, and they see this man lame, right? Lame from birth, by the way. And, and we find out in Acts 4, not only lame from birth, but this guy's over 40 years old. So he's, he's been in this state for a long time. This is, not a, this is not somebody eight years old or something. He's, he's been this way for a while. And so they see him in Acts 3. Heal, he gets healed. God heals him through Peter and John. And so they take that opportunity to preach Jesus, preach Jesus in the temple. They get arrested. Jewish leaders not, not digging that, not liking that, right? Not liking uh, them preaching about Jesus in the temple. So they get arrested, okay? So that's Acts 3. That's the setting for, for what we're going to talk about. And so, so let's go to this. So that's, that's the setup. They're arrested. They're in custody. They're before the Jewish leaders of the day, right? And we'll go to, so Acts 4, verse 13, all right? So they're testifying of Jesus. They're, they're, they're talking to them about Jesus, preaching. Why are you doing these things, right, in the temple? This is, this is uh, what they declare of, of, of Jesus to them in the passages before. And now in verse 13, they say, Now, when they, the, the Jewish leaders, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated 
common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. So, so I, I don't know. I never really noticed this before. Maybe you all had. But, but when I was reading this passage, meditating on it, um, one of the things that really stood out to me uh, in the sense of their astonishment, right? They were astonished by Peter and John. The thing that stood out to me is that that's, in a sense, what they were astonished about right? It doesn't say they were astonished about a guy who was over 40 years old, lame from birth, amazing miracle, here he is walking. It doesn't say that that's what they were astonished about, right? What were they astonished? They were astonished about that they were able to declare the goodness of God, the the reality of the gospel of Jesus Jesus to them in in a way that just was way beyond who they were as common, uneducated men. It's, it's like, I mean, it's like a plumber goes before a group of, of scientists, right? A panel of scientists and, all right, let's discuss astrophysics, right? Let's discuss things of science, right? And be able to hold uh, a conversation with them that's, that's articulate, that means something, that has value, right? That's, that's what's going on here. And that's what they were astonished by. And as amazing as the miracle was, the demonstration, right? Again, ability to declare and demonstrate God's love, Jesus' love. As amazing as that was, the scripture says that's not what they were astonished about, about the miracle. They were astonished about their ability to declare the goodness of God, right? And so again, you know, going back to the first point and what God, in a sense, admonished me a little bit with is, not getting caught up in, you know, from an evidence standpoint, it has to be this, it has to be that, right? That, that or, or even get caught up in, you know, it has to be, if I can just get this person healed, or if I can just say this prophetic word, or I can just do this thing, this, this fruit of the Spirit, right? Gift of the Spirit, then, then people are going to be impacted. People are going to be transformed. People will be astonished. But that's not always the case, right? Sometimes it's the ability to declare. Sometimes, like the the story I shared earlier, it's it's the ability to forgive above and beyond what naturally we'd be able to do. Naturally, what without Jesus, that our inclination would be in the sense of forgiveness, in the sense of people who wronged us, right? What we would normally maybe do, right? Above and beyond that. And so... That, that was the thing that kind of blew me away when I read this passage is God bringing that point out of not the miracle that astonished them, but the declaration that astonished them, right? The ability to speak above and beyond what their backgrounds suggested that they would be able to do, right? And I don't know, it, it reminded me of something that happened I was on this job not too long ago, um, I was in this small office, it, it, I don't know, maybe 10 people there uh, or so. And, you know, I'm talking to some people about Jesus, telling some testimonies, praying for some people there, just different things. And, you know, I, I just, I wanted to reach the boss, right? And it, let's, we'll just say his name's Bob. And so I wanted to reach Bob and it was just, you know, with the goodness of God and pray for him or or just witness to him, whatever, right? Just give some, again, some evidence of the reality of Jesus, that he's real, his salvation's real, his goodness is real. 
And so it was just, I mean, it was tough. I mean, it seemed like other people in the office, I, you know, I had somewhat of an open door with, I could pray for, I could talk to. I don't know, with Bob, I mean, one of the things too, I mean, he wasn't in the office that much. He was there like two, maybe three days a week usually. That was part of it possibly. But it was just, every time going up to Bob, it was like, Bob, hey, you know, you know I'm walking by, right? Or, or Bob, hey, and, you know, door slamming in my face. And uh, it was just one closed door after another with him. And I was getting nowhere. I, I, my heart was, desire was to impact him with Jesus, his love, his goodness, but it was not happening. All right. And, you know, to say that I was a little frustrated, I was a little frustrated. I was a little like, what, you know, I want to do this. Gosh, it's a small office. It's not that many of us here. Man, come on. What are we doing here? Right. And so that was the, that was the setup. That's the situation. And so, you know, in the midst of all this, me trying to do this, trying to witness, trying to provide evidence, uh, we had a company meeting and some people from other offices, other areas around the country flew in to this area. Uh, we had some meetings. And so the one guy who was in, he was in from Florida and he was a believer. And we used to you know, talk over the phone sometimes about Jesus, different things, you know, uh, different books, different uh, things that we were reading, things like that. And so he was in the office from Florida. And so it was one morning uh, before we really kind of got started. And me and him are in an office, not very close to the boss's office, but, you know, maybe about 20 feet away or so. And so we're talking one morning before we get started, right? We're talking about Jesus, um, sharing a little bit of some testimonies, what Steph and I have been seeing and, and maybe what we're pursuing around here, uh, here to rise and, and so forth. And so he's talking about this book. So you know, I mentioned a little bit about that. So he talks about this book. To this day, I don't even know what the book was. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's a Christian book, Christian author. So it was, it was that. But uh, he's mentioned this book and it's really good. And, you know, just different things about this book, about Jesus. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe a 10-minute conversation. Maybe. Not very long. And so, you know, we talk, we're like, uh, well, I guess we better get started. We do that. And so that night, uh, the boss at his house in the area, he's going to have a little uh, get together for everybody coming in from, from out of the area and invites everybody there. And so we have the, the little party, kind of everybody leaves. But what's interesting is, is this guy from Florida that I talked to, he's staying at the, the boss's house. He has the big house. He was able to stay there uh, as his guest for a couple of days while he's in town. And so everybody leaves after this party. And according to this guy that I know from Florida, what happened is he said, yeah, everybody left. And then it's Bob, the boss, and like three of his friends from the area were there. And all of a sudden, Bob turns to me and says, hey, um, you know, I heard you and Brian talking about this book uh, the other day uh, or earlier today. Uh, can you tell me about Jesus? Can you tell me about uh, like what you believe, you know, about Jesus and uh, some of the stuff you were talking about? Would you, would you mind doing that? Uh, so here he is, right? We didn't know he was listening. I didn't even know he was in his office when we had that little conversation in the morning, right? So here he is 
for, he said for probably an hour and a half, maybe two hours, he's sharing with this guy, Bob, our boss, who I've been trying to share with for months, right? No open doors, nothing. He gets the opportunity to share, he said, for, they probably talked for like two hours about Jesus, about salvation, about uh, what it means to follow Jesus, what salvation means, uh, you know, just everything, right? For two hours, and his, his buddies are there, they're chiming in, they want to know things. Uh, I think he even said one of, one of his friends got saved that night, uh, one of the boss's friends got saved that night. But it's just, it's just amazing, because here I am, right? thinking it's going to be through me praying for someone in the office or praying for the boss or sharing a testimony to the boss or whatever, that's going to impact him. That's going to be the thing. That's going to be the thing that changes him, right? Uh, that leads to him being saved. And it was none of that. It wasn't any of that. It was, it was just having uh, a simple declaration, if you will, in a sense of a conversation about a book about Jesus for 10 minutes that he overheard. And that's what led to a salvation of one of his friends and just, just this great conversation that they had that night, right? That's the thing. Just as God was saying to me, don't limit, don't put me in a box in the sense of evidence, right? Of what I can do in and through your life to provide evidence to others, proof providing of a transformed life, of the reality of Jesus, his salvation, what it looks like, what it means. Don't limit me in the sense of, uh, of evidence that I can pour through you. I felt like he was also saying with, with that is don't limit how I move, right? Don't limit me in the sense of, again, thinking it's got, if I pray for this person and he gets healed, then other people will be impacted and will be saved, right? That's what, that's what it's going to take is me getting this person healed. Sometimes it's not that. Sometimes it's it's having a, a conversation about a book for 10 minutes in an office, right? Sometimes it's like Peter and John, right? The, the, the religious leaders, they weren't impressed. I mean, maybe they were. I don't know. Maybe some of them were. Scripture doesn't tell us. But Scripture does tell us that they were astonished. They were amazed by their ability to declare. Their ability to declare above and beyond what they should have been able to do without Jesus, right? They recognize that they have been with Jesus. That's what the scripture says. They were astonished by their boldness, by their fearlessness, by their confidence, ability to declare the goodness of God, the wisdom of God in a way that there's no way that these fishermen should be able to do, right? They have, they're not learned. They're not uh, like us. They haven't studied. So again, don't limit evidence. Don't, don't say no to the different types of evidence. Don't say no or yes to it has to be a certain way, right? But the other thing that I felt like God was saying don't, don't limit him in is, as far as our third point, is I felt like he was saying personality, skills that we have and talents that we have or don't have, I'm going to put a big X there, whoop, if I can. That's not the determining factor, right? That's not the determining factor of us being a witness. What God's saying is, is he is, right? He's the determining factor. 
Christ in us, the hope of glory. Holy Spirit, transform life by the grace of God. That's what provides... Thank you, sir. Uh, that's what provides the ability that we need to witness effectively. It's not personality. Wow, I think I spelled that wrong, but it's not personality. I forgot. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Spelling is not one of my talents uh, or gifts. Uh, so yes, yeah, not through the Spirit, at least not the one I've experienced. Um, so personality, skills that we have, skills that we don't have, talents that we feel like we have or don't have, that's not it, right? That's not the factor or factors that God works through, that God has to use to work through your life to be a witness, to provide proof, to provide evidence of your transformed life, right? I mean, all the time we say, this isn't me, or this isn't my personality, or, or that's not who I am, or, you know what I mean? We kind of fall into that. But in Christ, he's saying he's the one that determines that. He's the one, as we rely on him, what he's done, his power within us, his enablement in us and upon us, is what makes this possible. Not whether we have skills, talents, the right personality, the wrong personality. Um, the guy that I mentioned earlier that, that gave me the proof provider thing, this guy, I mean, this guy is like one of, he's so reserved, he's so shy, he's so introverted. This is his personality, okay? And this guy, God has taken and put him in the Middle East, and now he's an evangelist and a, and a, a team, over a team of missionaries in the Middle East, reaching Muslims in the Middle East. This guy, this guy who, I mean, I think if, if you met him on the street, he might say one word to you, even in a church. I mean, this guy, I'm telling you, he's super, super reserved, introverted. You would say, there is no way this guy's going to meet evangelists, right? On the, on the service, there's like, he might be like in a support role somewhere, you know, something like that. He'd be good. But God has taken this guy who you would say, there's no way, there's no way this guy's going to be evangelist. And he, he made him an evangelist. He made him an evangelist who's reaching and seeing Muslims being saved in the Middle East to this day. That's who he is. And it's not by him saying, well, you know, I've got the right personality. I've got the goods in a sense. I've got the talents, the skills. I can talk well, whatever. He, he's not got none of that. All right. So he, he, he was without that. And so, but God, right? But Jesus, but God in him, the hope of glory, right? Providing what he needed to be that evangelist, stirring his heart with love for Muslims, leading him to the Middle East. Now he's that evangelist. Now he's seeing many people saved. It's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, again, I, I wish you guys could meet him because there's, you know, it's just like, just like not knowing who he is and just meet him and just kind of get people's opinions of, yeah, what do you, th what do you think this guy, uh, you know, position in the church he'd be good for? Or what do you think he, he does, right? Just would be interesting because I'm just telling you, there's just no way on the surface anybody would think this guy was an evangelist, but he's, he's just, God is using him in mighty ways in the Middle East. And then the other thing too is, is um, you know, we're talking about Peter and John testifying before uh, the Sanhedrin, the religious leaders of the day, right? 
by and large, and we think, well, this, there's no way this is going to work, right? By and large, Peter was called to and, and God guided to reach Jewish people. Now, he did reach some Gentiles, Cornelius and, and so forth, but by and large, Peter, the fisherman, untrained, okay, unlearned, God says, okay, I'm going to have you be the one I'm using to reach Jewish people, okay? All right, that's Peter. So, so here comes Paul. All right, Paul, man, this guy, he's got it, right? He's got the schooling. He's got the, he's got the knowledge, the background. He's been trained. Man, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna send him on the, the Jewish people. It's going to be good, right? Where does he send him? He sends him to the Gentiles. What? Wait a minute here. <laughs> right? It doesn't seem to make sense, but, you know, God's ways aren't our ways, right? He knows what he's doing. So, so just those things just, I, I think, speak of, again, it's not personality. It's not talents we feel like we have or don't have or skills we, we have or don't have. It's, it's what God defines us as. It what, it's what God in us says we are is what we can be right? With him inside us. Yes, on our own, yeah, these things might, might apply as far as personality, skills, talents, the ways of the world. I'll give you that. But with Christ in us, the hope of glory, all things are possible, right? I don't know if anybody's heard uh, of amazing, amazing woman of God. Uh, her name's Jackie Pollinger. I don't know if anybody's heard of her amazing amazing woman of god she she uh was in england she's an english woman uh 1960s she felt like i i want to you know i want to be a missionary i want to do something for god this this little unassuming woman right and so she's going to to religious leaders her leaders her mentors uh, helping, uh, having them help guide her in her call. And they're advising her, now you don't want to be a missionary, you want to do this and stay here at home. Or you want to do something much, much less risky, much less uh, dangerous, right? And so all the advice that she's getting is for her to settle. All the advice she's getting is for her not to go be a missionary, to go to another country, to tell them of Jesus, everything she's getting saying, not in the natural, don't do it. It's not, not a good idea. So Jackie says, I'm going to do it. All right, so what does she do? She gets on a boat and just, is, just lets God guide her. I mean, she's on this boat and it goes from England. It goes around Africa. It, I mean, this boat's going a long, long way till finally... The last stop, she didn't feel like she should get off on any of the stops. Last stop is Hong Kong. That's where she winds up. And finally, she gets off the boat. And so she gets off the boat, and she doesn't even have, I, I think she hardly had any money. You had to have permission to get into Hong Kong to even stay there. God supernaturally worked that out, right? So she gets into Hong Kong. She gets settled. She, she feels led in Hong Kong to go to this place that they called the walled city, which is no longer there. But at that time in the late 60s, it was there. And so she goes to this place called the walled city, okay? 
And the walled city was, was basically a gang-controlled area of just crime, drug addiction, all kinds of things. The police wouldn't even go in there. That's how bad it was. So it was like a, a just a no-man's land, just crime, everything bad you can imagine just running rampant in this walled city. And it was a small area. It's just like two-by-two two square mile block, whatever. But it was just, it was lawlessness. It was crazy in there. So, so of course, you know, small English, unassuming woman, right? That's where God has you to go, right? That's where God wants you to go. So she goes in there, starts little by little making impact, making difference, seeing uh, drug, addicts, uh, drug addicts get free, see prostitutes get free, even gang members getting saved, all right? She's seeing this, this little woman, okay, unassuming woman. And finally, you know, she's having impact. And so finally, the, one of the, the bigger higher-ups uh, drug lords, uh, he's like, I got I to gotta meet this lady, all right? She's cutting into business. She's cutting into things. And so he brings her in. And not only does she come in, but the power of God comes in with her. And this guy is getting rocked. He's getting impacted. And he says to her these words, okay? Again, pointing to it's Christ in us, right? Enabling us to do what we can do in him, right? Be that witness, provide that evidence, declare, demonstrate these things. He's the one who does it, right? This is what the drug Lord says to her. He says, if you were any other person, I would have killed you Almost the moment you step foot in the walled city. If you are a guy, because he said, I've done it with other guys. Other missionaries that tried to come in here, I wouldn't have it. I, I beat him up or killed him. They were gone. But because it was you, I had some sense of honor, some sense of respect because of you being a woman and who you were, I left you alone. Right? So if it was like me, you know, Peter... Whoever going in there won't go work, all right? But because it was her, because God sent her, it worked. God had impact. God had influence in this place. Gang members getting saved. Drug addicts getting off drugs. Prostitutes getting saved. Because she said yes, where other people said no. She said yes to God's call in her life. She said yes to I'm going to be a proof provider. I'm going to provide evidence of my transformed life and go where you want me to go, God. Say and do what you want me to do. And I'm going to have impact. And people are going to be touched. And people are going to be changed. And that's what's going to happen. And that's what, it, that's what did happen by the grace of God, by his power working in her. It's an amazing, amazing story. The book, I, I mean, I would hardly recommend it. Just, just an unplanned plug here. It's called Chasing the Dragon. You can get it on Amazon. Just amazing, amazing book about her journey and just story of, of her time in Hong Kong. Just amazing uh, God story there. But I feel like with today, I feel like what's before us with all of this, with, with being a proof provider, providing evidence through our life lived, right? Transform life in Jesus, right? Christ in us, the hope of glory. I feel like what God was saying to me with this message for all of us, myself included, is this, isn't, this message isn't a rebuke. It's not a, even a challenge, I felt like God said. I felt like he was saying it's an invitation. It's an invitation to all of us 
right? To rely upon Christ in us, the hope of glory, to be a witness, to, to go deeper in being a witness for God, what he's done in our lives. It can be as simple as having a conversation about a book in an office and somebody else overhearing it, right? What I shared. It could be praying for someone. It could be declaring above and beyond some things that come in your head like and saying some things out about Jesus that you're like, man, I don't even know where that came from, but that had to be Holy Spirit because that wasn't in me, right? It could be a number of things. But I think God's saying and inviting us to go deeper in being a witness, to open ourselves up to all kinds of evidence that he can work in and through us to prove the, the validity of his love, that Jesus is real, salvation is real, my transformed life is real, I'm different than I was before, I'm changed, this is the evidence, this is the proof, right? Not closing ourselves off to different kinds of evidence, right? Not falling in the trap that I fell into when God was giving me this message of, it's got to be prophetic, it's got to be healing, right? No, 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 it's got to be all of it. It's got to be every single bit of it, right? I can do it in you and through you. Don't close yourself off to it. And I think he's inviting us to say, it has to be, you know, don't say it has to be this way. It has to be, if I give that prophetic word, if I do this, then people will receive, people will be changed. Not always that way. It's, it's sometimes it's ways that we don't even look for, can expect, have faith for, and God does it, all right? So, so if the, the praise team wants to come up, worship team wants to come up, what I want to do to close out, because I really feel like there's a, there's a deposit that God wants to do today. What I want to do today, if you all would, would stand with me, stand with me and, and hold your hands out to receive. Get your, get your posture to receive. What I want to pray out over each and every one of us, myself included, this is the prayer that they prayed in Acts 4, at the end of Acts 4, when Peter and John were returned to them after being arrested, after testifying before the Sanhedrin, before the religious leaders. This is the prayer that they prayed. And I trust in God, and I believe God, that as I pray this, He will deposit in us just what He deposited in that group of believers in that day. So Father, I pray to You, Lord. Lord, look upon their threats and grant to Your servants to continue to speak Your Word with all boldness, while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your guidance, your great grace upon us, enabling us to go beyond what we feel like we can go, beyond what we feel like we have gifts for, skills for, talents for, personality for, you take us beyond all that, Jesus, by your great grace. And Father, we open ourselves to that great grace today. And we say yes, yes to your great grace to be witnesses of your love, witnesses that declare and demonstrate your love and goodness on the earth where we are today, 
to see you move and have impact. Thank you, Abba. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, come on.